Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Millennial Life and Men podcast, personal growth for your work, life, and money. My name is Kimberly. I'm a career coach and personal finance writer, and I'm here to help you develop the personal growth skills to meaningfully make and manage your money to create work-life balance. How? By tackling the self-doubt, imposter syndrome, and procrastination habits that are holding you back. And today, we're going to be talking about retirement accounts and really how to invest in retirement and in the future. So a few days ago, I saw a tweet and that said, most people don't have money problems. They have financial literacy problems. And while I do think that's a super simplified way to state financial Uh, financial literacy, I do agree with it in principle. And of course, there is something to be said about, you know, the challenges of making money, but a lot of money management can be really confusing sometimes. And a lot of financial literacy can be hard to understand because of the jargon that comes with it. And this is especially important in retirement. So In this episode today, I'm really going to be walking you through what the um, strategy you should be looking at for in retirement, the the basic definitions of retirement definitions you should look at for your accounts. And I'm also going to be talking about Canadian and American accounts and the equivalent of them. And that portion of it is was specially requested by someone in the MLA community, Emily, Um, because it's true. A lot of times, you know, when I Obviously, I'm Canadian, but a lot of times when we read about investing and retirement information, it can be kind of hard to uh, understand if you don't have those accounts. So what I'm going to be really talking about today is the strategy, the most basic strategy behind retirement planning and investing for retirement. Now, before we start, I want to be clear that I am not in any way a certified financial planner or an accountant to really be able to um, plan out your retirement specifically for you because everyone's situation is is completely different. Um, I really recommend that you speak with a certified financial planner. However, if you are like me in your late 20s, early 30s, and you're really just getting started and don't know even the basics and um, and want to learn just more about it, then this really is the episode for you because today I'm going to be really talking about like those definitions and the basics of each account. I'm not going into many specifics of each individual account just because one episode could be just about one account. But in today's episode, I really want you to get that clear overview on retirement and really why retirement is important. So I recently have been watching a lot of old episodes of a show that was called Till Debt Do Us Part with Gail Vags Oxlade. And this is a show that actually aired when like the late, in the early to late 2000s. So it's like even the most recent uh, quote unquote episodes are like at least 10 years old. Um, And I've been binge watching them because a a lot of them are on YouTube. Um, She also did this show called Princess, which is on Amazon Prime Video as well. And Galevox Oxlade really taught me, like when I was like 12 years old, I used to watch her shows and she really taught me how to money management, money manage at such a young age. And it really made a difference because 
my parents were immigrants, so they never really talked that much to me about specifically about financial planning. But Gail taught me like why it is so important to pay off your credit card, what compound interest is, things that like I didn't really even learn until later in high school. And they never really even um, taught it that well in high school, in my high school experience anyways, what compound interest really does to you. So one of the things that Gail doesn't really talk about is like stock market investing and real estate. So I never really learned that part. And real estate is something my parents um, more to, um, push me on. But when it comes to all of those other types of investing, what I really liked about what Gail taught was that, and in her show, is that retirement is the first and most important type of investing that you need to make. Yes, you can get into the stock market, but you know what? You don't have to own property for the rest of your life. Like I have talked about this before and I did a whole episode on, you know, renting versus owning and how I don't think that um, one or the other makes like you uh, better or worse financially because it really does depend on your situation and where you live. But you could get through your entire life perfectly fine, never having bought a stock never buying property. However, the one thing that every single person needs to think about is retirement and investing for retirement because everyone does eventually get older. And that is something that is just a consequence of life. And especially nowadays, I think retirement investing is and planning is so important because people still tend to retire around, you know, the average age is 65 if you, um, if you, which is what most people do. And that's when most, you know, social security plans or um, stuff cup kicks in. But at the same time, like we, because of medicine and because of like the longevity of our lives nowadays, people actually live you know, you could be living 20 to 30 years later, you know, you could. And so really being able to um, plan out that almost one third of your life is really, really important. So that's what I'm really going to be talking about. And that's why I'm so passionate about retirement investing, investing for retirement. I mean, because it is so unsexy because it, the gains are so like not immediate, right? Because when you look at like, oh, I'm a millionaire because I like invested in these stocks kind of thing, like those are immediate gains and also extremely risky and volatile. Um, if you don't know what you're doing and real estate as well, like it seems like cooler because, you know, you got this house, you got something tangible, but investing in retirement isn't that interesting. So that's what I'm really trying to break down and break through in this episode. Lastly, before we start, I want to be clear that I personally don't work towards FIRE, which is financial independence, retire early. And I've talked a lot about that as well. And I will have an article in the show notes on why I don't personally pursue early retirement for myself. But I do think that retirement planning is a critical part of personal finance. And the thing about retirement planning and thinking about it and investing for it is the sooner that you do it, the better. The more that you understand and the earlier you learn about it, because it, the more it benefits you because retirement planning is really heavily dependent on compounding interest in your favor. So the more time that you have, the younger that you start in it, the better, right? And I will say there is something to be said about how and when you um, start really looking at retirement or um, seriously, because um you know, you, if you have a high level of debt, that should be first priority just because debt usually goes up. Um, the interest on um, debt, on consumer debt 
in particular in like credit cards is really a lot higher than what you're going to get in any retirement account. But especially I think as you enter your 30s, which I'm I'm going into in 2021, um, I think it's important to think about more because even if you have debt, you still also need to put away for retirement as well and have a plan for both, right? So this episode is really for you if you are intimidated, don't know where to start. And this episode is really going to explain the definitions behind investing accounts and retirement accounts and the strategy behind them. So let's just get started. So the first one is actually going to be really quick. And that is the first thing you need to do when looking at retirement is find your retirement number. So how much money do you approximately need for your retirement? Now, this number is not the end all be all. It's not a number you must achieve by the by the end for your retirement to be absolutely perfect, but it's a great place to start. And what I would do is actually recommend using a calculator like the one on Wealthsimple. I love Wealthsimple. I use them for a lot of things. And I just, because I think their resources are really like easy to explain type of things. So you can just input all of your numbers onto the calculator. But other than that, usually the general rule of thumb is 70% of the income you live on now. That again, super, super general number to start, but it's great because that is um, something to work before, towards. Now, the second part of um, retirement is really understanding the strategy behind it. And all retirement accounts have their own benefits, their own terms and penalties. Like there's all, there's a lot of stuff in between, but the overarching strategy behind how you invest for retirement comes down to taxes. Before you start randomly adding money into different retirement accounts, there are certain definitions that you really need to be aware of. So when you're looking at a retirement account, look at what it does for you, right? Because every retirement account is good, has its pros and cons, and it has its benefits, and it has its consequences. Like what if happens if you add too much money here or not enough there and things like that. So the first thing you need to do is look at tax deductible. So understand, sorry, is what a tax deductible account is. So any retirement account um, that is tax deductible means it gives you a tax break on your current income. So if you contribute to these accounts, then that amount that you put in doesn't count towards your income tax. So for example, if you are making like 60K and you put 10K into a tax deductible retirement account, then your income is only taxed on the 50K. These types of accounts are great because if you have, if you make lots of money right now and um, uh, then you can really, um, not like shelter your money in a tax deductible account. And this strategy is also really great if you are between tax brackets. So tax brackets are something that you really need to research. You can see, I've linked the Canadian um, guide on um, in the show notes, but this is something you really need to be um, uh, aware of because a lot of banks and government actually create types of accounts like this to incentivize contributing to retirement. So if you're in between tax brackets and you want not um, to not be taxed at a high rate for the rate you're over, maybe look at adding it into a tax deductible account. Now, the next one is a tax the next thing you need to understand is what a tax deferred or tax sheltered account is. So once you place your money into a requirement account, you need to be aware of what happens when you take it out. So for tax deferred accounts, you are not 
taxed when you put the money in the account, but you are taxed when you take the money out. That's what taxed, that's what defer means, right? So the strategy behind this type of account is that ideally you contribute into tax deferred accounts while you are making a lot of money and then you slowly take it out when you are older and this, um, um, and you make less money or so you don't hit a tax bracket. You still have to take taxes off on this money. So this is, this type of account is called like tax sheltered as well, because that's, um, cause you're not taxed on it when it's in the account, but really you have to really think about when you take it out. So if you have a hundred thousand dollars in a tax deferred account, when you take it out, like just on a very like gate, um, like a uh, basic kind of principle, if you take it all at once, you might be taxed like 30%. So that hundred K isn't actually a hundred K. It could be 70 K. Right. So it's really important when you're looking at uh, retirement accounts and investing accounts, is it tax deferred? Because you got to know when you take it out, what happens next? Now, the last thing that I really want you to understand behind accounts is what a tax exempt account is. Now, these are types of accounts that do not have any tax benefit when you contribute to them, but they are not taxed when you take money out of them. And depending on the account, it could actually have the capital gains if you're investing in the account, not taxed at all. So that the capital gains could also be tax exempt. So this is really important to note that like if you're putting money into this account, you can actually think about when you take out like let's say 100k and you take it out it actually is 100K because you won't be taxed on it at all. So those are the definitions I really want you to think about when you're looking at retirement accounts and how to develop your strategy on what works best for you. And again, I will always say this, you uh, like once you start getting older and you really need to take financial planning really seriously, it is really um important and um, uh, beneficial to talk to a certified financial planner, an accountant, or someone who can help you more. Because again, I'm none of these things. So, but it's, it, it, this kind of information, I feel like is very important to understand at the beginning, because now you know how to read it. And when someone says something to you, you go, oh, okay, like this is what um, this will do. Because also not all financial advisors, PS, are, um, to have the designation of fiduciary, which means that they have, they're like legally obligated to look out for your best interest. Some financial advisors can get like benefits and, you know, um, to them accounts are actually products for the bank. So they might actually be trying to talk you into something that makes them money, but is not in the best interest of you. So when you know these definitions really well, then you can actually be able to be a part of that process. You know, you can actually um, understand what's happening with your money and not just what someone else tells you to do because they might be benefiting off of it. That's why I really wanted to record this episode because I think it's so important. Now, the last part of this episode is going to be really long because this is when I'm going to be really talking about the specific accounts. And this really relates to Canadian and American retirement accounts. There is no one size fits all retirement strategy. And your retirement strategy will differ depending on your lifestyle, your assets, your income, interest rates, whether or not you choose to have kids, and also the time of your life when you choose to start planning for retirement. Planning Retirement planning is incredibly different when you're 30 and when you're 50. 
but it's so important to know what each account does, what's out there. And so in this part, I'm going to really walk you through the main retirement accounts. So the first one right off the bat is kind of like the, ba the, the basic federal government one, which is the Canadian Pension Plan, which is CPP. And in America, it's similar to Social Security. So everyone working in Canada or the U.S., usually either pays into CPP or Social Security because it is automatically taken off your paycheck. There is little, very little you can do about these contributions as these are these are deductions that are usually automatic um, depending on your income and circumstances. However, it is important to understand that the money deposited into these accounts are tax deferred. This means that, you know, th this money might be taken off your paycheck right now but you do pay taxes on it like you would regular your regular income um, if you were to be able to be given this money right off on your current paycheck. And that is important because it is taxable like regular income. And lots of people make the mistake of solely relying on CPP or Social Security, which is almost in any case, unless you are living on the bare bones right now, nearly not enough. So I did the research and the average CPP payout is somewhere between $700 to $1,200 per month, depending on how much you contribute, et cetera. You can look for more specific information in your Service Canada accounts. But again, depending on where you live, that might not even be enough for rent in most places in Canada. And again, that's taxable income. So you really need to have other types of accounts as well. And the same for Social Security. Now, Social Security in the United States, I'm not at all an American account expert, but I love to watch like different types of documentary and um, uh, journalistic um, uh, videos, research videos about this, uh, like investigation videos about all this kind of stuff. And Social Security, the way that it's, undergone so much change in the last couple of administrations, people are saying that not that it won't be there um, by the time that people start, the, the millennial generation will retire, but it's going to look very different because they, the money is not being, um, is not, not that it's not running out. I don't want to say something scary or definitive like that, but it's the process on how to be, able to take out social security and how much you actually get it from it is going to change. So that's why it's so important to look at investing in different accounts. Now, the next one I'm going to talk about is the TFSA. So TFSA is the tax-free savings account in Canada, and it is similar to the Roth IRA in America. Both the TFSA and Roth IRA are tax exempt, but they are not tax deductible. That means that when you put money into these accounts, they provide no tax benefit to your current year's income. However, the money inside is tax exempt, which means you are not taxed when you take the money out. So whatever's in there actually means that's the money that's in there. Furthermore, if you invest in these accounts, as you should, not just save. I know the TFSA is like tax-free savings account, but it's actually better to invest in it. The capital gains, so the money that you make in that account, is also not taxed when you take the money out. So there are many caveats to these types of accounts because they usually have limits. In 2021, you can contribute um, uh, up to like six 
$1,000 more into your TFSA. And I think it's about 6K is the same for the Roth IRA in America. And again, those gains grow tax-free. And that for the TFSA is cumulative. I'm actually not sure about the Roth IRA. So if you can't contribute the full amount in your TFSA in one year, it is added to your allowance for the next year. So if you open the TFSA exactly when it came out, so I was actually just of like the legal, like banking age type of thing when the TFSA came out, mine is the max limit, which is 75K. This is one of the most important accounts to max out because of the clear tax benefits. Like if you put money in now and um, you just let it grow for like 30 years, and the capital gains are not taxed as well, like that is incredible. That can, that can have incredible benefits when you feel like, when you are approaching retirement. Especially, you know, it's important to um, put money into these accounts if you are in a lower tax bracket and you don't really reap the rewards of a tax deductible account. So if you are in a like um, in a low tax bracket anyways, like if you contribute money to an RSP, which I'll talk about later, you know, you're not really getting that tax break benefit at that point. But when you invest in these types of accounts, you know, you you are really getting the the rewards of it right in the 20 30 years so that's the next thing that um account that you really need to look out for and the um the third one that i want to talk about which i just mentioned is the rsp so that's the registered retirement savings plan in canada and it is similar to a traditional ira in america these accounts are super common retirement accounts and they are tax deductible accounts and the gains are also tax shelter this means that when you put money into these accounts, you will not be taxed, but you will be taxed when you withdraw. So the strategy behind these accounts is that you really should be putting money into them if you are making a high income. And so you are not heavily taxed on that income. And then you withdraw from it slowly during retirement when your income will be less. So if you have seen like the strategy behind all of these accounts is that there is no one account that you should solely put your money into, right? All of these accounts have their pros, their cons, their benefits, and their consequences. And when you are withdrawing during retirement, that is also important to note as well. So let's just say you have 100K in your RSSP when you retire. Because you know that this money will be taxed when you take it out, it's probably not the best idea to take it all out at once the first year of your retirement because you get taxed on the whole thing, right? So if you take out slowly, right, every couple of years and then you withdraw from, you know, um, your TFSA at the same time and others, other accounts, then you're kind of reaping the benefits of this. Now, if you are American, there's also something called a backdoor or conversion Roth IRA where you can put, you can start putting money into a traditional IRA and then um, for its benefits and then convert the gains to a Roth IRA. Since I'm not American, this is not something applicable to me, but um, is something I would definitely look into if I was American. Um, and I will provide the links in the show notes. This is something that a lot of American friends and a lot of American personal finance experts I know and follow recommend and talk about. But again, because I'm not American, I can't provide any specific details on it, but something to look into. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is group RSPs. 
And this is similar to a 401k in, in the States. So these types of accounts are usually contributed through work. They are accounts that are tax deductible and tax deferred. So for obviously specific terms and conditions of your group RSP or 401k, you really need to talk to your employer. However, the great thing about these types of accounts is that your employer usually matches your contribution up to a certain percentage. So it's important to really max out because it's free money. And so I'm really not going to go that much into this type of account because like I personally don't have a group RSSP or a 401k. And again, this can really depend on your employer. So I would talk to them and your HR department first and really understand what the benefits of those types of plans are. So you can put that as a part of your strategy. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is company pensions. And this is something that is only applicable to certain people. And I understand that because many companies these days have moved away from actually creating pension plans. And I actually wanted to talk about this because I know a lot of people that are in my audience are in public service. And this is something I will not be talking into super detail with because every pension plan is also different. And this is one of those things where it's most important to research your your retirement strategies and plans and what works best for you. Because even my partner and I, we work at different organizations um, and obviously within the same city and our pension plans are also different. So this is, again, it's just very, um, uh, it varies way far too much. But when you contribute to your company pension plan, what you're really looking for is also, you know, your company match. So your employer match. And when you enter into retirement, depending, it can depend on your years of service and pension plan terms, you're usually paid a percentage of your salary for the rest of your life. And that's really the draw of company pensions, because in every other um, circumstance, what you're doing is you're putting your money into those accounts, and you're going to be responsible for withdrawing from them. And obviously, you know, you talk to a financial planner or advisor or an accountant or someone um, on what the best strategy on is how to do that. But pensions are life. And they're great because, you know, they're automatically deducted from your paychecks. They're usually matched. And there's usually like a guarantee of certain income in retirement. Whereas in all of the other accounts, you know, uh, the rates for investing can vary. Like retirement, like pensions are pretty much guaranteed levels of incomes. Um, I actually get a pension statement at the end of the year and it, t- it tells me how much I get if I had keep contributing and how much I get if I had quit um, the previous year. And I actually have a login account as well. So you like can like play with the numbers a lot more. So it gives you really specific details. However, like many things in life, not everything is 100% guarantee because your organization could fold. And this was why it's so important to also look and understand different retirement accounts, even if you have a pension. You could change your mind about working for that company. So you, the thing about a company pension is it also binds you to the company, right? And you might not want to be there for the rest of your life. So you might not be able to even get the full pension benefits. So I wouldn't walk into a organization thinking, hey, I'm going to never plan for any other type of retirement because I'm just going to work here 
um, forever because your life could change. You might change your mind about wanting to stay there. And then all of a sudden you don't get your full pension benefits. And if you haven't contributed or at least thought about different accounts, then it could put a really big, you know, wrench into your retirement plans. Now, I hope that has been really helpful for you. I know that was a brief overview. And the reason why I wanted to create this episode, though, is I think there is something to be said about the basics. Understanding, you know, the the basic definition. First of all, understanding the number you need, right? Just off the bat, how much money will you actually need in retirement? Second, looking at, you know, those three definitions we had talked about for different types of accounts when it comes to the most basic strategy when it comes when you are retirement investing and where to put your money. And that is what does tax deductible mean? What is tax deferred or tax sheltered? And what is tax exempt? And the third thing that you really need to look at after that is just looking at what is the best retirement account for you? And how do you create a plan and a strategy that works around your lifestyle? So how much is the Canadian, the CPP or social security going to give you? Should, how much can you max out in your TFSA and Roth IRA and when you should be maxing it out first? How you should use RSPs and traditional IRAs to, you know, um, get those tax deductions on your current income. What are group RSSPs? What is your 401k actually going to look like? And lastly, company pensions, right? Looking at the details, looking at, hey, do you even want to stay at this company even though it um, it will give you a great pension plan? Um, is it really worth the sacrifice of hating your life or a job for, the, for like 30 years? Really looking at that kind of information and like, oh, what are your company match options? Because again, that's usually free money because people... The government and employers, a lot of times they will incentivize retirement and retirement is so important because I do believe it is a privilege to get older. Not everyone gets there, right? And we, it's really important to plan out these types of things and just be aware of them. And the thing about retirement is that you have to face the music eventually. You don't have to do it today, but you have to do it eventually. So people can put it off and put it off until their 30s, until their 40s, until their 50s. But it does come up for everyone. So the sooner that you understand and learn about these things, the better. And even if you don't need to contribute to all these different accounts and do all these different things, the fact that you know what is out there is really important as well. So in this last section, I really want to talk about my personal retirement plan. Because um, in case you're wondering, like, how am I developing my strategy? Um, my strategy is really heavily based on pensions. And I know that that, again, is something that I talked about is that do you want to work for a certain company for the rest of your life? And I know that I will always be in the public service. I just know that about myself. And even if I quit or leave the type of personality that I am, and because I am motivated by altruism, I, I love the public service and it can look different in different forms, but I really do believe that like my primary retirement investing strategy right now should be in my pension. Now, this is very specific to my circumstance, actually, because I am not in a company pension. I'm in an organization pension. So my company participates in a pension plan for um, local government and um, services all within British Columbia. So my province. 
So this pension plan actually um, includes its um, many different organizations, nonprofit organizations, universities, other governments, like it includes a lot of things. So if I choose not to work for my employer for the rest of my life, that's okay. I can move into another organization within the um, um, pension plan and my pension transfers over. And literally the list, and I've looked it up before, is pages and pages and pages long of organizations that contribute to this pension plan. And so that's why it makes the most sense to me, even if I think that maybe, even if I have to leave my job or anything, because I'm always drawn to public service and that's just a part of who I am, um, I could totally see myself in my 50s, like working as a director for a nonprofit within this pension plan. Like it, it, it's like, it's so, the, the vision is so easy and clear for me there because I would love that kind of work, even though it's different from, might be different from what I'm doing right now. I still, I just really, really enjoy public service. So that is what my main one. And actually when I started with this pension plan, um, I had worked six months for the organization when I was not a part of this pension plan and I was on probation. And I actually have the option to buy back that time. And that's what I'm planning to do. Now, this is not my forever strategy because um, last month, like at the end of December, when I got my pension statement, I found out that they are planning to change the pension plan. So a big part of my plan for the, the, my pension was the fact that I could retire early from it. So my magic number, and that's what you call it in government, for how much I, like, the, the where the, uh, the pros, like, when I get them kind of, like, the max at a good rate, um, and I can retire early, is 58. And they are actually going to be looking at taking away early retirement in the future. So this is something I really have to think about. Um, and, of course, any money that you contributed to the first pension plan, of course, is under the terms of the first pension plans and anything that gets contributed after gets afterwards. So the trade-off um, for our pension company was that you're, they're taking away early retirement, but you get more in your retirement afterwards. And it's a significant amount. So I can see where people are going with this. And the way that they rationalized it is because they see that not many people are actually taking early retirement which is crazy to me because I would actually take early retirement and it's kind of thrown a little bit of a wrench in my plans as well because both my partner and I um, had just happened to have our magic numbers hit the same year. And so we could have retired within six months of each other in early retirement if I had continued on my own pension plan. But again, these are all things that I have to think about. So am I going to stay with my company pension plan forever? Maybe, maybe not, depends on what happens, right? And I think that's the thing about being a millennial is that you have to be really resilient and you really have to be adaptive to change because anything can change at any moment. Um, I don't really know, right? So my retirement plan might might change and that's okay. So um, right now what I'm doing is I'm really contributing a lot to my pension because my company matches it. So every month I contribute $600 to my pension it's $400 into my company pension plan and then another $200 into CPP and my company matches it. So every month right now, I'm putting $1,200 towards retirement. And that's a lot, actually. And it doesn't seem like that to me, though, because these are deductions that are automatically taken off my paycheck. So I don't even see this money. I don't even like have the choice on whether or not I give this money into put this money into retirement. And that's actually quite beneficial. And 
if you, when you are looking at like retirement and you're looking at all these different things, remember, like I, I was reading in the Facebook group recently about someone who asked question, oh, how many in um, streams of income that you have? And I actually said that, you know, my company pension plans are a, a stream of income for me. It's not a stream of income from right now, but that doesn't mean it's not a stream of income for the future because the company match that my company puts in like the extra $600, that's not my salary. That's not accounted for anywhere in my salary. That's literally just separate money that the company is giving me and putting it into an account for my retirement later on so I can use later on. So that's, it's really important to how we frame retirement because retirement, investing it is retirement, right? So like, again, when I said not all types of investing have to be sexy, like, retirement is investing and in like company matches like that isn't a stream of income because it's a stream of income for the future version of yourself and I really want you to uh, think about like future version of yourself when you think about things like retirement so to continue I do have I obviously contribute to CPP because I have absolutely no choice. Um, I do have money in my, a significant amount of money in my TFSA. I have nowhere near max because I'm really using it for investing right now. And I do have a small amount of money in my RSSP. It's not a lot. It's a couple hundred dollars that I started contributing prior. I think it was prior to actually even working with my um, company right now. So I felt like, okay, I should probably put a little bit of money towards RSP. But you know what, I think looking back on it, I really didn't need to do that. Because and I really should have put that money into my TFSA instead, because I was making a lower income. So it didn't really like I didn't have to, I didn't get any tax benefit by putting my money in my RSP. And right now it's locked. I can't touch at all, right for five years. And uh, I really can't I really can't withdraw. I can move into maybe a different retirement account, but I can't really touch it at all. So that is something to think about as well. Like just because like RSP sounds like the common retirement account doesn't mean it's the best one right off the bat, right? But it is something I'm looking into right now because with my income um, this last year, I I'm pushing the next tax bracket, I feel, and I like I'm still looking into it. And so I have to consider putting more money into my RSP to put myself in a lower tax bracket. But also, I last year did not go to school because I had a concussion and there were other like complications after my like, car accident. So I didn't I don't have any like um, deductions that I usually have. So before this, I used to go to school and I got deductions for my tax. So that put me in the lower tax bracket. Um, for a while, my department was paying for my education. So I also was in a lower tax bracket because I could deduct that. But right now, I don't have that as much. And so I really have nothing, I really have to consider like putting money more money into my RSP, right. And those are the kind of things that I kind of think about when I'm thinking about looking at where I'm shifting my retirement. And another asset that I have is I plan on real estate investing. And I, I put that, I don't rely on that. But I, I do consider that as a part of my retirement portfolio, because even though I live with my partner right now in the apartment he owns, I rent out my I rented out my old apartment and I love my old apartment. Um, I when I bought it, like I thought if I had to live here for the rest of my life, I would be OK. Like I could grow old in that apartment. Like I, I absolutely love it. And it like made me really sad, actually, when I had to leave it. So. Again, these are all the things that I put, I consider when I'm looking at retirement. 
And it doesn't have to be super complicated. It's okay to just start small and just start contributing in. But I really hope that this episode opens your eyes to all of the retirement accounts out there and all of the benefits and what you should be looking for in your um, accounts and how you should be considering withdrawing and inputting and what the benefits are. And I just think that like there, there's such a barrier sometimes when it comes to financial um, planning and, and information that it doesn't seem like it's important, but actually at the end of the day, everyone really needs to think about it. It just when you think about it, but you are going to have to face the music eventually. So I really appreciate you listening to this episode. I truly hope that you found it helpful and in your retirement journey. And if you are listening to this, please let me know if you have any questions. Again, I'm not a retirement expert, but I'm happy to talk about anything more when it comes to like how I'm doing retirement. I would love to know how you're doing retirement um, and what kind of different retirement strategies that everyone else is utilizing as well. The more we talk about this, the better it is for us and the future version of all of us. So thank you so much for listening. I'm always open to the conversation. You can DM me. I'm at Millennial Life and Min on Instagram. My email is also Kimberly at MillennialLifeAndMin.com. And until next time, happy saving and spending. Cheering you on and talk to you later. If you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Millennial Life and Min podcast, I highly encourage you to leave a review or rating on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening from. This helps more people discover the podcast and become a part of this community. Remember, we're all figuring out this work-life money thing together.